Ahoy there, matey. Welcome aboard the world of boating. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. You're going to need a bigger boat. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. I was just looking in to buy a boat of my own. Call World of Boating toll-free now at 1-888-28-BOAT. That's 1-888-828-BOAT. And welcome, this is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, just Mike in the studio. Uh, that's all we got for him uh, this week on the big show. But uh, we do so also have uh, Barry the Boater and Bill the Engineer connected via the web. Now you can see Patrick, Mike, and myself on Facebook Live, the new and improved dual camera setup. Fancy. It is fancy oh, schmancy. Yeah. We even have our little world of boating uh, thing right there in the corner. Let me see. Can I point that way? Yeah, it's right over there. Over eh, there. You, if you're on Facebook Live, you can see it. Uh, clear as day. Well, are you going to uh, let the audience know what the second camera is focused on? Um, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's focused on the most important element of the show. The board. <laughs> that would be me. Of course it would be me. But I won't abuse them nonstop. And boy, you got that zoom at like a hundred times. You're welcome. He is yeah. pushing the limits of technology. I am pushing the limits of technology and uh, other thing. Good taste. The visual uh, elements of the web are going to try to break it. You know, we are a radio show, and as you can plainly see on Facebook Live, you'll know why. All right, so we have a lot to cover as we navigate the latest boating news and information on the show today, because obviously there's been a ton. Of news uh, to discuss, and that would include Hurricane Dorian, the aftermath on the northern Bahamas, and then this other accident that happened off the uh, left coast, off the coast of Santa Barbara, Mm -hmm. this dive boat that burned up and all these people died. It's just a tragic situation. So, Patrick, I will defer to you. Where where do we go first? What should we talk about? Uh, Bricks of cocaine washing up on the beach. Well, there's that, and that was another (laughs) offshoot of... uh, Hurricane, Hurricane Dorian. Dorian. Yeah. yeah. He's now, very we'll, we'll, focused. We'll, 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 get, we'll <laughs> yeah. get to that one. Look, you got to go with the most important stuff. And all, all I can say is this. If you happen to be walking along the beach and you find bricks of cocaine, yeah. walk away. Right. <laughs> Quickly. Walk away. Yeah. Call the authority. Be, you know, I mean, anonymously make a phone call, mm-hmm. but walk away. Don't get any bright ideas because the cartel's going to find you. Mm-hmm. They, they got ways. Oh, and the feds. Well, we've covered that, this. that would be that would be the least of your worries. Well, I'm, I'm not so sure because if, if you actually pick one up, then uh, they say you are potentially trafficking. <laughs> well, yeah. you have your fingerprints yeah. on it, no DNA right. on it. Exactly. You now you got to prove six seven when you caught dial nine one one. Yeah, that you had nothing to do with it. So yeah. if you see something like that wash up on the on the beach and you think you know what it is. Don't touch it. Yeah, and we've seen them in the Keys before, and you know, you don't don't pick it up and put it on your boat and call anybody. Just call it in, right? Tell them where you are mm-hmm. and leave. Yeah, what do they call that, Barry? A burlap what? Uh, something? Oh, a square grouper? A square grouper? A square grouper? Exactly. Right. So leave the square groupers alone. And uh, th- th- we did have at least a, a few wash up because oh, yeah, heard more than a few. Did we hear about who yeah. found it? Do we know? Uh, just normal people. 
Yeah, but I mean, nobody got any into any trouble like that. Not that we know of. Not that we know of. If if we did, they had but some I explaining like, to do. I believe there was like 15 bricks that washed up in Cocoa Beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the question I have then is then, who lost the boat? And why were they out during a storm? They should know better. Well, chances are they dumped it. Yeah. Um, probably while being pursued or got nervous, or it could have been a narco sub, you know, that mm-hmm. uh, got tossed about. But chances are it was something that uh, it was cargo that got dumped overboard and had been floating out there for a little while and uh, managed to work its way in, right? Um, or was stashed, you know, on a small uh, island, islet, whatever, and mm-hmm. uh, so- with the storm got uh, picked up by the wind currents and. Uh, Okay. Bought so this, this could way. be old stuff that's been out there. They didn't have a best buy date on it. No, know, I, I don't know that. I don't know that you find keys of um, cocaine with yeah. a with uh, expiration dates. Date. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that would be unique. Um, and we'll probably tell you that it's not cocaine. <laughs> Although it's a good marketing angle for them. Mm. Don't, yeah, don't use, use it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's so, that story. But, but let's let's get back to uh, to Dorian. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly, I mean, by now everybody's uh, aware of the uh, the devastation that has uh, befallen uh, the Bahamas, and they are in uh, uh, rescue and recovery mode right now. The, let's be clear, though, because one of the misnomers about what's happening with Dorian is that the Bahamas are wiped out and nothing could be further from the truth. Now, everything north of Marsh Harbor, which is the northern side of the Bahamas, Freeport, Marsh Harbor, Green Turtle Key. The Abacos. Abaco, yeah. uh, you know, they got hit very, very hard. But just south of that, it's like nothing happened. I mean, literally. Nassau's uh, fine. Nassau's fine. Bimini, yeah. all these other places. And I just want to get this out there right away that... You know, obviously, there's there's places you can contribute to help out our, our neighbors in the Bahamas and to help them. And the folks in Marsh Harbor and Abaco and Freeport and those places, all the video that you see, obviously, is tragic. All the laws, lives lost is uh, just re- really uh, a tearjerker. But if you really, you know, and you can give to the Bahamian Red Cross, and there's a ton, a ton of places to uh, help them out in that way. But one of the ways you can do on a more personal level to really help the Bahamas right now is to go there. Don't go to the places that are ravaged, obviously, by Hurricane Dorian. Well, they're not letting you in there anyway. They will let you into Nassau. Well, yeah, but you I'm can go about down the- to Nassau. You can go down to all these other places, Bimini mm-hmm. or whatever, and spend your money. Go take a vacation because that money, even though it's going to the other islands, they're obviously using that tourist money to uh, fund this rescue and uh, recovery effort. And that's a huge part of that country's. Uh, economy, income, economy, absolute tourism so. is what the Bahamas are pretty much built on. Much built on a lot. Sixty percent of, of their economy is 60%. tourism dollars. Right. Wow. Yeah, and, and let's just say that if you're if you're not sure who to um, donate to, uh, certainly in the state of Florida, there are many organizations that are taking collections of food, water, clothing, things of that nature. There's drop off sites. Um, be wary of the GoFundMes uh, because unfortunately the worst of human nature and the best of human nature comes to the surface during times like these right and the worst being people look at it as a way to scam and uh take money but if you're if you do want to donate but you're not sure which are legitimate 
go to uh, Charity Navigator or GuideStar, and those will direct you to legitimate relief organizations. Um, but I would think, you know, certainly money is appreciated, but I know, uh, again, uh, throughout the state, many, many areas that are collecting food, water, clothing, um, and they're making runs over to deposit that because the part of the crisis they have now, other than you know the recovery, um, is getting the survivors off of these areas that have been decimated, getting them down to Nassau, or as of this morning, I believe there was about 1,600 people on one cruise ship that were coming over to the States. Yeah, coming to Florida. Um, right. for, for temporary uh, housing because there's, there's, there's nothing no there. There's mm-hmm. no infrastructure, and there won't be for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tragic. You know, we, you know, uh, because of my scuba show, I know a lot of the dive operators uh, there. And it's uh, the stories, you know, we've heard about one that has basically wiped off the, the face of the earth. Their operation no longer exists. They're not going to rebuild. They're done. Uh, but others, uh, you know, like right there in the Port Lakaya, the tourist area that they send all the cruisers to. Where the big hotels are in uh, Freeport, mm-hmm. uh, I've heard that that area is not that bad. Wow. Ironically, in Freeport, but you know that is you know there are these huge skyscraper type hotels that are obviously built to withstand some pretty strong winds. They had a lot of you know obviously broken glass and things like that, but they'll they'll be able to bring that back fairly quick. That particular area, but all those little out island uh, areas where all the people live that work in those hotels, they were wiped out. Yeah, have it's you really heard? Tragic. Have you heard from Richard Trico? I have, of course. Yes, and, and you know, what, that's, what, that's pretty much you know what that, we're hearing. Okay, you know it's like uh, all the the people that work in the hotels outside of those little tourist areas. I mean, they were literally wiped out. Mm-hmm. So you know it's a, a tragic situation, and um, you know our hearts go out to them. But the thing is, once again, I go back to this that you got to remember that's just one small area of the Bahamas. I I, I wouldn't even. Uh, I don't know. Do we, did we go? We didn't already put a percentage on it, but when you look at a map, I would say it's maybe twenty percent, if that, of the entire uh, you know islands in the Bahamas. I mean, it, you but know, I think it's it's more the some of the more inhabited areas and some of the more touristy areas, isn't well, it? Well, no, Freeport and Grand Bahama Free- is, but other okay. than that, no. Uh, you know, Nassau is the biggest uh, you know city in the Bahamas, and they were pretty much unscathed from Hurricane Good. Dorian. Yeah, they're in the central Bahamas, right? And, so and yeah, Freeport um, is also m- more and more a, a commercial port, you right? Know, a, a lot of shipping repairs, and exactly. Things like that going it's on. a big, you know. It, trust me, it's obviously major impact on the Bahamas. But you want to help them go there to the other islands that weren't affected as much and contribute to the economy and have fun in the process. More coming up on the world of boating. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Hosting a radio show about scuba diving and boating is one of the best gigs on the planet. It's actually part of my job to check out and report on cool new products I personally use to enhance my diving and boating adventures. However, I do believe in sharing the joy, and this is why we've added Nanook protective hard cases to our list of products you can now purchase on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Nanook cases are designed to protect the most sensitive equipment in the harshest environments. Underwater photographers, listen up. From their high-impact NK 
resin to their exclusive Power Claw latches. Nanook has raised the bar for those of you that demand the best protection for your gear. Plus, Nanook protective cases cost less than similar products currently on the market. The company has been around for over 15 years, but it's new to the U.S., so we've made a small number of Nanook cases available exclusively for you at a special introductory price on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Go there now and check out Nanook, the evolution of protection. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Even Keatley wasn't ready for me or anything that followed. Chased by a police department led by his ex-girlfriend and hunted by brain-fork-wielding Fijian assassins, it's everything he can do to keep from getting locked up, killed, or worse. Kava Screw is available as an ebook for $2.99 at Amazon.com. Kava Screw. Put a brain fork in him. He's done. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast don't you listen to the weather we got a major storm here the moon went high and stars shining rain was driving thunder lightning This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate. Captain Patrick, just Mike, Barry the Boater, and Bill the Engineer rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest boating news and information. All right, so uh, Hurricane Dorian obviously has had a major impact on the Bahamas. And, uh, we, you know, our hearts go out to them. But I got to say, it's it's been very uh, n- nice to see some of our boating family mm-hmm. uh, come to the rescue, so to speak. I mean, they're they're going over in droves right now, trying to get over there and get them supplies. Even the uh, fast ferry, uh, I think it's what, the Balleria or something, that runs from Fort Lauderdale over to Bimini. They've been using that uh, vessel uh, in, as opposed to just shuttling people back and forth to get supplies uh, to the areas really ravaged by the uh, hurricane. And it, it's good to see the resources, the boating resources being used in this way as, as effectively as they possibly can. I just found a really neat story. Yeah, what uh, do you got there, Mike? There's a guy in, uh, in uh, Stewart, Florida, who wishes not to be named, but he bought 100 generators. Wow. And shipped them up to uh, Fort Pierce, mm-hmm. and they're being uh, sent over uh, by boat from Fort Pierce. There you multiple, go. Multiple boats. It's pretty much yeah. the only way you can do it. Because, you know, the planes were the first wave, and we actually covered that a little bit on our Just Plane radio show. 
and private pilots have been flying over there with AOPA, helping them out for communications with a big organization that helps the ABA private pilot aviation community. Uh, but the next wave is getting supplies because you can only take so much in an airplane. You have weight restrictions, but obviously the boats can take over more stuff, but they're having problems logistically, you know, finding uh, ways to get you know, access mm-hmm. to the proper spots and stuff. Because uh, as far as I know, I think uh, the Freeport Airport is still down. As of, like, the day before yesterday, it was still under, like, six feet of water. I think they're making progress. Right. But I'm not sure if the uh, airport has been able to get yeah. open today yet either. Well, but, the super yachts are coming to the rescue as well, Greg. They've got um, their own operation, uh, Operation Topaz. Uh, which is a relief effort set up by the Yacht Aid Global Society in collaboration with CBS Bahamas, Soul Relief, World Hope International, and NEMA. Yeah. So um, they're taking donations. Um, they're going to divert yachts to the most affected areas, uh, get supplies dropped off, and then actually make it on the land to start to work with the people on the ground there, whether it's providing medical care, first aid, mm-hmm. um Temporary structures, um, which is something that uh, uh, one gentleman here in Central Florida, I want to, I want to say it was Mr. Rosen, was working on was temporary structures for uh, natural disasters such as this that could be taken in, erected fairly quickly, um, but stronger than a tent. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, maybe more like a Quonset hut type of of deal where you can get multiple beds you can get some living facilities get people Mm -hmm. out of the weather out of the sun yeah because we are still in the midst of summer uh if you will it's Uh, hot it's hot um Mm -hmm. so again there there are many many organizations that are working on getting supplies uh to the islands i would say that if you were going thinking about taking it upon yourself, um, if you had a boat, um, let's say maybe you're in the port of Sanford <laughs> and you, you were looking and you want to help and you're thinking about doing this or you're over on the coast, you, you have to be careful about what you're doing. Well, there's a couple of things you have to think about with that. When you get over there, you're you're on your own. There's no way to refuel. There's none of that's available. Right. So any boat going over there has to be self-contained and capable of running over and back on its own tankage. And you have to be careful how you're loading your vessel. Yeah. When we're talking about super yachts and the cruise ships that are loading up supplies, cruise ships aren't even going to see the weight. You know mm-hmm. um, what they're taking over. Super yachts. Probably not going to see the weight that much. Um, your smaller craft, you know, you're going to see the weight. You're going to feel the weight. Your fuel burn is going to increase. And to Mike's point, you can get over there and wind up being stranded because, again, that infrastructure is gone. There are no refueling stations. The marinas are wiped out on that end of the islands. You would have to make it further down. And those areas, even mm-hmm. though they're intact, are going to get overloaded as well i think the closest fueling point from there probably is nassau yeah and then what is that 112 miles or something from from from, uh, lauderdale or west palm no no i mean if you were to go over to to provide some relief or drop off some supplies and find yourself needing fuel 
Oh, if, you, to Freeport, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a hall, and but Nassau is kind of like the staging area. So you know what you want to do is reach out to the Bahamas either through the website is or you know make sure you you take into account all the paperwork that you got to do on a typical trip to the islands in the Bahamas because obviously it's a bit chaotic at the moment. So you got to be you got to really have your your T's crossed and your eyes dotted to be able to assist them and make sure that you're not creating more problems than you're uh, trying to solve. Right. I mean, as much as we want to go and we want to help, um, again, if you can get your supplies, you know, work towards gathering supplies, getting them to an organization that can get them over there in a safe manner, um, you're probably going to do more good that way than trying to take it upon yourself to go over and run. Because, again, it, there, there's you get into those affected areas, not only are you on your own, but the bottoms have changed, and there's debris in the water. Yeah, you know, so debris, wood. I, again, depending yeah. on the size boat you've got, if you're a cruise ship, again, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, well, access uh, is an issue. You know, yeah. a, a smaller boat like Barry's uh, 17 footer is probably more what they need as far as you're not making that crossing in Barry's boat. Well, yeah, you are. Sure, you can. You could, but yeah. you're not. Well. But. Here's one of the uh, super yachts that's involved, the Loon, uh, which is a uh, 47-meter Christensen, uh, which is actually the flagship of uh, the relief operation. Um, they made the nine-hour trip north from a slip in the Atlantic Marina, uh, Nassau, to Marsh Harbor. Um, not only was it loaded with disaster relief volunteers, critical aid, it's also prepared to pump up to 300 gallons of fresh water an hour on shore because it's got a water maker. Well, there you go. Yeah. Barry, what say you? You want to take a uh, boat over if, there or not? No. Well, my boat would make it one way, but uh, then again, you know, talk about getting fuel to get back, that would be an issue. Right. If you go to bahamas.com front slash relief, uh, they have approved people that you can make donations to. And Great. if you like, I can read off some of the names. Uh, the National Emergency Management Agency of the Bahamas. Right. Uh, the Bahamas Red Cross. The National Association of the Bahamas. Um, Atlantis Bahamas Hurricane Dorian. Uh, relief fund so you know that that uh, tourism place atlantis is having something right uh there is a hurricane relief fund the caribbean tourism organization and royal caribbean uh cruise lines also has a uh relief um uh they're also doing uh donations and stuff like that and a lot of the local area tv stations um the fire and rescue departments have that information too bahamas.com slash relief there you go all right we got more coming up on the world of boating. Stay close. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, just Mike, and uh, Barry the Boater. Uh, Bill had to split. He went to possibly go contribute to one of the hurricane relief uh, things that we just listed. I think that is very noble of him. Or he was cloned. Or he was what? Cloned. You said he had to split. Okay. Thanks, Barry. Thanks for that. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, anyway, um, we, we still have a, a very capable crew. 
And we do have to kind of change gears here a little bit. I think we've covered the Dorian thing about as much as we can. we got to see what we can learn from this other tragic event. It's been a crazy week of, you know, uh, maritime, maritime uh, news. Maritime? Is that Maritime. Right? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, not maritime. Maritime is something yeah, it's completely not very, different. It's yeah. not merry at all. But this uh, dive boat off the coast of California... Where all those uh, people' uh, lives were lost. I mean, it's tragic. Any it way you look at it, thirty-four, right? Was it thirty-four people? Uh, it, it, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, wow. But you know, we we don't know all the details yet, and you know, we'll know when we know when they finish up with all the investigations and stuff into what uh, exactly happened with this boat fire. But well, the- it does kind of make you wonder, you know, um, what what could we learn from this? You know, or just from what we've seen so far. Because, and first of all, I'll tell you, I've been on that boat. I'm very familiar with that vessel. And then, you know, what happened, uh, I mean, it's really, it, it's tough to fathom so, what those people went through. And uh, all you can hope for, mm-hmm. you know, obviously thoughts and prayers go out to the family. But all you can hope for is maybe they, you know, were... Overcome by smoke. Yeah, before yeah. it really got bad or something, and, and they just fell asleep. But, you know, who knows? I, I, you now, know, is that a, don't know. a dive boat that uh, went on like a two- or three-day diving trip and went to different spots? Because they yeah. were asleep. And yeah, night, it's a liveaboard. Right? Yeah. Well, you know, when you say liveaboard, Patrick, it is, but it, it's a very economical, short-term liveaboard. No, it's I'm not, much different yeah. than what I typically go on. Uh, which would be for a week, and uh, the more traditional liveaboard uh, boats that are circling the world and very popular. And I'll explain the difference next. There is a, a pretty big difference, but uh, but they are liveaboards technically. You are correct. More coming up on the world of boating. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Storm's getting worse. We'll pass through it soon enough. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, just Mike, and Barry the Boater rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest boating news and information and, you know, talk about Hurricane Dorian and what boaters have been doing, which is good. Good stuff, trying to do what they can to help out. But we're kind of changing gears into this tragedy that happened off the coast of California, uh, Santa Barbara, over there in the Channel Islands. I have been on the Conception boat. I haven't dove off of it, but I have been on it for some events. Uh, they bring this uh, boat down to some of the dive shows that happen in California every year, and they'd have these uh, evening events, and they'd bring it down to Long Beach, and then they'd have a night reception. So I'm pretty familiar with this vessel. What's the and general size of it? Is I think it's a 75 footer. It's fairly small for it's a 75 feet. Yeah, yeah for yeah. a for a liveaboard vessel, it is technically a liveaboard, but that's a bit of a n- misnomer, you know, in the dive industry because it's not a traditional liveaboard 
that you hear divers talk about. Well, you don't have sense. individual staterooms. You've right. got yeah, kind of a main rooms. bunk room. Like exactly. Bunk rooms, right? Yeah, the, it's more like a supercharged day boat, which allows you to stay on the boat overnight, and they you know traverse over the Channel Islands, and they'll do like two, three night stays, even one night mm-hmm. uh, flips, and, and just you know go over there in the evening and then dive for the day, and then maybe stay an extra night. And, yeah, and they were they were not that far offshore, and they were not in that deep of water. No, sixty-five feet, right? Uh, about right. twenty yards from shore. I mean, yeah. that part of it is typical. I mean, most liveaboards would anchor in a in a place just like right. that. But the, the you know it isn't you know what what we consider you know one of the larger uh, boats where they do have staterooms, more like a mini cruise ship kind of uh, setup, which is what I typically do. Mm-hmm. So I, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking it, but it is a different type of liveaboard vessel. I'd, I'd kind of consider it more of a supercharged day boat than I would a liveaboard vessel. Because one of the things, you, you know, there's been so much speculation out on the web talking about, uh, oh, so only a 75-foot boat, and they had like 40 people or 35 people on board. How dare they? That's way too many people. Well, no, it's not. And it's rated for that, first of all. It, actually, it, it wasn't even full. Yeah. So, you know, as far as the number of people on the boat or the divers on the boat, that part of it uh, is being blown way out of, out of proportion as far as it being an issue yeah. or not. And, so, it, and it should be made clear, this is a well-respected company. Very respected. This yes. is, according to the Coast Guard, who does the inspections, not only of the vessel, but also the crew qualifications, that they met all of the standards so they had all the equipment that they should have. Right. The crew was trained, met the standards. Mm-hmm. No deficiencies were found, at least from the stories that I read. Nothing on record that would give any hint that this was a uh, a, a shoestring budget, fly by night, right. you know, Captain Ron type of deal. This not even was, close. Yeah. Right. This and, this and, is a again a legitimate. They put their money into the vessel. They put the money into the crew. They put the money into the equipment. Mm-hmm. Not sure what happened. Don't know what facet the investigation is going to take if they're going to attempt to raise the remains. Um, again, yes, they are. Not, Actually, that's happening They're going to raise the boat. Yeah, yeah. Not, not very deep, so certainly recoverable. Yeah. And to be able to pinpoint the source of the... Uh, what we believe was a fire or possible explosion that led to fire and then what may have occurred that led to the passengers not being able to make their way out i will tend to believe that the investigation will show that they were probably overcome by the smoke um, and they they wasn't death wasn't due to the fire itself as far as yeah. what we would think of right suffocated know. or something, something happened yeah. extremely quickly yeah um, had to it, have. It, it took the crew yeah. by surprise they just passed well, their uh, they just passed their their inspection by the coast guard in February so right but see based where where the, my understanding is from where the galley is and where the 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 sleeping compartment was. If there was even a small fire, something like that, and let's just, again, don't hate to assume, hate to speculate, but where the smoke made its way down in that compartment, it doesn't take long for you to become, Mm -hmm. to get overcome and you pass out or die. Um, You suffocate. And then it spreads into a fire. Um, Again, until they get the vessel up. They're able to pinpoint that cause, right? Um, and then look at what they can do going forward to make 
it's safer, try to ensure that it doesn't happen again, whether that has anything to do with lithium batteries and cell phones or laptops mm-hmm. or... Uh, uh, and I will say that was the only thing I saw on some of the speculative discussions um, that I thought, okay, you know what, that does make sense. Because I, I think the same as you, Mike, this had to happen very quickly for the crew not to be alerted quick enough to be able to go down and get everybody, you know, rile them up and say, hey, we got to get out of here. Uh, because, uh, you know, they say they didn't, there's been reports that they've said they didn't hear any fire uh, And they may alarms. not have. I mean, they may I, not have. I, I've, I've been surprised by flames before and like, you know, i yeah, but they did have but, smoke detectors that yeah. should have went off, and they should have heard them, and even the, if they were on top of the vessel. Those things are pretty friggin' loud. And the flames that yeah, I but, saw, the, the flames that I saw, uh, you know, a fire extinguisher was not going to put those flames out. No way. It mean, was, that, it was, that's why I think it was a cataclysmic type of event, an explosion initially that just lit up the place, lit up the entire boat or in the galley or wherever it was. Mm-hmm. And it could be a lithium-ion you know, battery incident, just like we have heard about in airplanes. You know, I will tell you, they're charging stations on boats. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty common thing. It was a gas, yeah. gas, gas kitchen, like no, uh, it, was all, it was all electric. And, you know, the other thing, people say, well, you know, did they have oxygen tanks on board? Well, no, supposedly no. they had a membrane uh, system, which uh, actually sucks the oxygen out of the air and, and kind of creates it by uh, just, you know, pulling it out of the air. So there's not like oxygen tanks that would be flammable that would cause an explosion or something like right. that. But the battery thing, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm just saying that was the only thing I heard, like, okay, you know what? That, that does... Sound like it could have, but they got to look at that. You know, did something get overloaded with uh, people charging up batteries for their cameras and and strobes and things like that that divers use? I mean, that does kind of, in theory, like you could see something like that happen, causing a spark or a mini explosion or something like that. Two things. Lith- lithium batteries uh, contain a lot of energy, and if they uh, overheat and they ignite, they will burn like a flare right and once that burns any wood or any other material in there and if this happened in the galley you know and it ha- then it happened over where the sleeping area was because the sleeping area was below this mm-hmm. and what they may learn from it what they may change in it is having more ways to escape from these sleeping areas because i think they only had one way in and out on two. the sleeping they area. Had two it was there were oh, two, they, two front, but they said it was very skinny like it being in a submarine, there wasn't much mo- room. To eh, move you around. know, I've seen this. It, it's not. Uh, it's well, you were it's on that typical. Ship, so you know, yeah. it. you know, and, and you know, I'll tell you. I saw a video of the NTSB lady uh, going through one of their sister ships uh, that are very similar to the Conception, and she kind of had this attitude about her that, like, oh yeah, this uh, exit is really, really small. It couldn't fit out of this, and if you turn off all the lights, you you have to, you know, uh, walk backwards up the ladder to get out because it's so stiff. I'm like, what? Or so steep, and I'm I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, that's pretty much how most boats are set up, and uh, well, it's yeah. not. I mean, I understand what she was saying, but it did not sound very uh, informed to me from a boating perspective. Yeah, yeah. the NTSB has no business. Um, I shouldn't say they don't have any business. They have no business. But that, in, that's in, a coast guard. You're going to say it, right? The coast guard this, looks yeah. at yeah. that. That's why you get coast guard approved vessels, yeah. and they have their standards. They do the inspections, right? And, and they felt the coast guard obviously felt this was a uh, a proper commercial dive vessel. Listen, if you ever well, if you ever go through the the CFR, um, as far as what's required on it's crazy. It I mean, there's a lot of it's it's and a very they, tough they do standard. not mess around. No. 
Um, in regard to the crew, of course, there were a lot of uh, accusations from, oh, they, all the crew, they were up in the pilot house, or they were above deck. They were on the, the forward part of the vessel, if I'm As not mistaken. As most crews are. Right. So when this started, I mean, attempts were made, but, you know. It was too th- late. It was too late. They had to get off. One crew yeah. member suffered a broken leg. Um and I think even the, the the distress call that was put out from the captain, you could hear because he was almost he was unintelligible, but being overcome by the smoke, smoke right? Yeah. He couldn't breathe. He, yeah, he, he said, said it twice, that. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's why it kind of goes back to you think this had to be something that happened very very quickly, now whether that, it was an explosion initially or what. Uh, because once again, you know, uh, you would think they would have been able to you know uh, respond quicker. Fiberglass vessel. No, yes. it's a wood boat. Wood, yes. Okay, I think so. I'm pretty, I'm well, there, pretty there was a lot of wood on the interior. I didn't know what the hull was made out of. Yeah, I'm not positive about that. Maybe we look it up. I think it's an old wood style. It was boat. built in 1981. Mm, I don't know. So we'll look it up. We'll find I out. More coming up on the world of boating. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Traffic sucks, unless you're scuba diving with Mike Scott. Mike glanced down at his dive computer. It showed less than 50 PSI left in his tank. Probably just a few more breaths. Or riding shotgun in a thrilling car chase. One bullet hit the Jeep's windshield, spiderwebbing the passenger side. Mike shifted into second gear and felt the Jeep leap forward. This just got serious. Escape your commute with audiobooks from author Eric Douglas. Download to your phone. Go to booksbyeric.com or audible.com. Hosting a radio show about scuba diving and boating is one of the best gigs on the planet. It's actually part of my job to check out and report on cool new products I personally use to enhance my diving and boating adventures. However, I do believe in sharing the joy, and this is why we've added Nanook protective hard cases to our list of products you can now purchase on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Nanook cases are designed to protect the most sensitive equipment in the harshest environments. Underwater photographers listen up from their high-impact NK resin to their exclusive power claw latches, Nanook has raised the bar for those of you that demand the best protection for your gear. Plus, Nanook protective cases cost less than similar products currently on the market. The company has been around for over 15 years, but it's new to the U.S., so we've made a small number of Nanook cases available exclusively for you at a special introductory price on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Go there now and check out Nanook, the evolution of protection. Successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating. I do like the one. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. The sun, the sea air, good friends. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Surely God is mad. 
He's sending hurricane after hurricane after hurricane. I'm caught in a hurricane, leaving here dead or alive. And I know that I'd be willing to feel the pain if it got me to the other side. Cause I only This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, just Mike, and Barry to boat around and out the crew. Once again, Bahamas.com slash relief is the place to go. Uh, that's not only just from Barry the Boater, but I actually got an official press release from the Bahamas, and that's where they're telling everybody to go if you want to lend some assistance, uh, whether with your boat or make a donation. Uh, that's where the latest updates uh, for all that stuff are. Is is, is right there, Bahamas.com slash relief. Yeah, getting back to uh, the uh, dive boat, uh, of course, uh, while we're on commercial break, Barry and I are texting back and forth, usually yeah. making fun of you. Love notes. Um, no, usually making fun of you. Love notes. Um, <laughs> but uh, Barry noted, you know, the NTSB gets involved because it's a, it's a transportation. They're going to, you know, probably right. run the investigation. transportation. But for what you had noted, Greg, for, mm-hmm. you know, this spokesperson for the NTSB to get on and, you know, oh, these passageways and others. Oh, They're so that's, small. They're that's not, not accessible. That's, uh. Now, they can make recommendations going forward. Right. But And I'm sure what, that's what's going to happen from this uh, accident. What, what I'm seeing so far is a lot of pile-on against the operator or, hey, you know, maybe the crew didn't do what they were supposed to, all this speculation. We don't know. You know, but I, I do know it's a very reputable operation. It's been in operation for years. They are right. Coast Guard compliant. Otherwise, they would not have been operating, period. Yeah, this, this boat was built in 81, so it's been in service. Yeah, and we did know, some research. It, it, it is, is a, yeah. it's, a, it's a wood hull. Uh, With a fiberglass and, overlay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, unfortunately... Two highly combustible sources, right, or flammable sources. There. Well, what do they um, say? When, you know, I'll, I'll tell you. I've been on all these uh, liveaboards around the world in my diving career, and I will tell you, uh, I will be paying attention more to the briefing. There you go. <laughs> because they cover this every right. time you go on the boat. We go through these little drills. You, you know, and they and they say, what's the one thing that we're most concerned about while on the boat this week? And that is fire. If you smell any smoke or see anything, here's where the fire extinguishers are. Please alert a crew member immediately. And I, I will tell you, I've heard it so many times ad nauseum, and I have a tendency to kind of tune it out. I will not be tuning it out on my next one. Well, same right. thing when you get on a, a commercial jet. Yeah, right. you know, exactly. are, are you paying attention to the flight attendants, or no, are you never, hardly. you know, playing uh, uh, Candy Crush on your phone, Greg? Well, I don't play that, no. <laughs> but uh, but the reality is, you know, sometimes it takes something like this uh, to be a wake-up call for people Absolutely. to start paying attention. Like, yeah. hey, they're not just, you know, doing this, and you might not want to tune it out. You might want to have a plan. Now, was this a, was this a diesel-powered vessel? I would imagine it's 75 yeah, foot. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty certain, yeah, they so, have some kind you know, of diesel-powered diesel, diesel, although... You know, combustible is not a flammable, you know, in the way that gas is. Right. right. So there's flam- plenty of stuff that can catch fire after something starts. Yeah, but I, starts. I, I, what I'm saying is where if it, in a gas-powered vessel, you may be looking at, you know, a fuel leak and, you know, a spark, something right. like that. that Probably wouldn't be because we're talking you about something it, yeah. that was cataclysmic. Well, you got to remember they were, well, they were anchored. 
Right. And so, in theory, probably the engines were off. Generator. Generator was going. probably running. Right, right. but the generator is going to be down below. And it's diesel as well. Right. Yeah. So, if the fire started mid-ship, which is what they pretty much have said... Uh, it's either in the galley or it could be in the charging area where they have cameras and things like that. I mean, that does make sense. You know, like I said uh, before, it just seems like there had to be some kind of explosion to, to ignite this thing quickly before the crew could really react fast enough. That's just my guess. We don't know yet. See, I, And that's the thing that kind of makes the most sense. Well, we know the other vessel that was nearby that the crew made, the way to, we made their way to. We know that they didn't report any explosion. They didn't hear any explosion. The first thing they heard was people banging on the side of their hull. Yeah. So they didn't note any explosion, any woof or anything like that. Mm. So again... Let's, hate to speculate, well, but and, and knowing like said, that I, we don't know, knowing that it's a wood and fiberglass hull, yeah, and that it, fire will quickly spread uh, among those materials, right? That it didn't necessarily need to be an explosion as much as a single point of fire. That again, once it started to spread. It's going to go quickly. Yeah, Yeah, because based on everything we've just talked about, there aren't that many sources for an explosion, you know, quote unquote. It would have to be um, something like Barry said, you know, like a a battery or something like that. Yeah. Maybe uh, a bad butt splice, especially if the Hmm. um, (laughs) if the if if the kitchen is all electric and not not uh, propane. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, because yeah. the Coast Guard, they, well, they've, they've got they've got their things with L, you know, right. uh, yeah, the LG gas but and all still, that. But you yeah. still see it on old, you still see oh, it yeah. on old boats, and, and and I have no doubt we'll learn from things. They'll make some changes. Yeah, you know, whether if it ends up being a battery thing, God help us. Who knows what they're going to have to change? But they, there'll be something that they discover. This is what happened. We got to change this. Whether it is making the mm-hmm. exits for boats like this bigger. Or having more access or more ventilation or something like that. but Or more smoke detectors going off. Yeah, it just, it's even, hard to it, say. Even if it was a battery that had caught, it would have taken a minute or so. It would have created enough smoke yeah, to, to set off, set off right. an alarm, you would think, for sure. But we'll have to wait and see. It's tragic any way you look at it. And all we can do is look at how we can... Uh, you know, comfort those who lost their lives and their families there and, and learn from it so it doesn't happen again. And on that note, we'll wrap it up till next time. Remember, whether it's sail or motor, life, life is, is better. Life is better as, as, a, as a motor. Safe boating, everyone. World of Boating is brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Any of this getting through to you, son? World of Boating is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. Computer standing by. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at worldofboating.com. <gasps> Computers can do that? So tell a friend and come aboard every week for the World of Boating. This is so great. I can't wait. I'm getting goosebumps. Feel me. Feel me. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating. 
promoting lifestyle. TTFN, ta-ta for now. The opinions you just heard on the world of boating are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. What are you being such a weenie for? While on the water, your safety and the safety of many others depends on you. So boat smart and operate your vessel only after receiving the proper training and instruction for your area. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at worldofboating.com.